0: Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, it's Chelsea, and I'm here today with Ryan and Chris, and we are on the final day. Of God's whole story.
1: Day 365. Yeah. That's crazy. Was
0: this year a leap year? <laughs> no. Are we right when we say that?
1: <laughs> Potentially 365.25. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I can't believe it. If you have stuck with us this whole time,
2: wow. congratulations. Also, those of you that hear this eventually in like March. <laughs>
0: yeah. Also,
2: congratulations. Also congratulations.
0: Yes. <laughs> Email us and tell us that you've done this, and we will send you something. <laughs> a gold star. <laughs> because I'm impressed.
1: But hey. We've we've got the whole way through Scripture. The yes. whole thing. We really have done God's whole story.
0: And you know what's awesome about God's whole story slash the Bible is how we end it. Because this last passage of Scripture is some of the most encouraging things in Scripture you could possibly read. Um, we have the New Jerusalem. We have final judgment um, of Satan. We have Jesus coming back. We have just all these things like that are just pockets of hope for us as believers, believers all around the world, believers who would have read this in its actual historical context. Um, it's very cool. So for the last time, let's stick to you guys.
2: <laughs> um, I Well, see, here's the problem. I just want to jump ahead to the part that I want to talk about, but there's probably like other stuff to talk about. Um, <laughs> well, that's not new. <laughs> that's not new. You've heard this. I don't
0: know New Year's 3- resolution three
2: hundred and thirty times <laughs> talking about things everyone's um, talking about. <laughs> okay, well, I, okay. So I could pick up from the beginning uh, Revelation nineteen again. I talked about this a couple of days ago, but if you just look at the lines that make sense, um, it'll help you understand Revelation. Like it just helps you not to be afraid of it. So there is some there's some vision kind of prophecy stuff, but it's also interpreted like pretty clearly. So if you look at Revelation nineteen eight. She's been given the finest pure white linen to wear for the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. It's my favorite kind of imagery when the author says, this is what that means. (laughs) I like it. It's not confusing. Um, Also, I, I liked, let's see, it's first 10. I guess first 10 is like actually pretty long. Um, But it says, I'm a servant of God, just like you and your brothers and sisters who testify about their faith in Jesus. Worship only God for the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. Pretty cut and dry, like pretty simple and straightforward. Love that. Thanks, Revelation, for being simple and straightforward. <laughs> and then right after that, who shows up? The rider on the white
1: horse. Hmm. Who's that? I mean, <laughs> prophecy is supposed to give a clear witness of Jesus, and then we get a picture of Jesus. This is tattooed warfighting Jesus
2: <laughs> with his blood-covered robe.
0: Okay. Whose blood? Whose blood? Is on that robe.
2: You know I'm non-resistant, right? I just don't believe in any blood. <laughs>
0: Like, I don't think this is – I well, Matt Chandler talks about this uh, in his sermon series on Revelation, but he talks about how this is not the blood of, like, all the people that Jesus judged. This is the blood of the Lamb who has saved us. Isn't
2: that interesting? Don't read Revelation as, like, a comic book about how evil people are and what what's coming for them. That's not good.
0: Yeah. I mean, the blood that we see on Jesus' robe is the blood that he shed for us. It's um It points to exactly who he is, the Lamb who's the sacrifice and – and we see him here. He's no longer crucified. He is risen. And he is, like, very cool. He's got flames coming out of his eyes.
2: <laughs> Chelsea's not into baby Jesus. Chelsea's into flame eyes Jesus.
1: Is that like a Ricky Bobby situation? No?
2: Oh, man.
1: We do see uh, that one of these battles happens again, though, that the, f- the false prophet and the beast are judged. And it's kind of like, oh, man, it seems like it's going to be a long, drawn-out battle, and once again, kind of the anticlimactic, and the beast was captured, and the false prophet was thrown into the lake of fire. And there is this picture of, then, the this supper, where the those that experience wrath are the main course. <laughs> <It's>
2: gross! <laughs> it, why would you to
1: describe it that way? <laughs> That's
0: a really weird way to
1: but it's in parallel it's just like the counterfeit it's not the way it's supposed to be because we're right before he's not giving up he's committed to this to jesus okay We are introduced that it's the time for the wedding feast of the Lamb. Yeah. Uh, it's the time for that great celebration that all of history has been pointing towards. So it's, see, I, I rescued that a little bit. <laughs> you did. Okay. So this is not the human flesh <laughs> feast? <laughs> this is not the human oh, flesh okay. feast. Oh, okay. All right.
0: But it is cool to think about all the different ways that Jesus, like when you think about going through the Gospels and all the times that Jesus sat with people at the table, ate with them, the Last Supper, going to the house of Zacchaeus, the house of the Pharisees, like he sat with people and I ate did with likes them. likes to eat. He, <laughs> he did. <laughs> He's all about the olive oil and the, (laughs) this is bad for the last episode. We're like going off the rails. Um, But I think we're, and now we're invited to that table. So he sat with, he sat with sinners. He sat with people who believed in him and trusted him. People like Mary Magdalene. um, And, and now we're invited to that and we get to be part of that. And it's just such a beautiful picture of what's to come that it's not. So with Jesus, but also with everybody, like it's going to be a lot of people there and it's going to be awesome. (laughs)
1: And there's still one final enemy in Revelation chapter 20 that needs to meet their end. He needs to be arrested and then released. (laughs) There is a little (laughs) bit of of that kind of imagery, uh, but we definitely have uh, Satan meeting his end. uh, Again, it seems like there might be this battle, but Satan uh, is thrown into the lake of fire. And there's so many echoes of like even Genesis chapter 3 in these passages that... You know, when Satan tempted Adam and Eve, he was present, sin and death entered the world. And we see those things being done away with before we get into the New Jerusalem, before we get into kind of that return to the way that things were supposed to be. So the the story comes full circle, that these enemies that have been at work against the people of God for all of history, Satan, sin, death, they are all destroyed uh, in an instant by the rider on the white horse.
0: Yeah. And go back to, yeah, go back to Genesis and what were we promised? that he would be crushed um, by Jesus and here it's happening. Uh, And we get this beautiful picture of what's to come next in the new Jerusalem. Um, What's to got to you guys in that passage?
2: It's almost like this passage is the perfect way to end God's whole story.
0: Yeah. Why don't you explain that a little bit? Well, it's just, (laughs) (laughs) you don't
2: believe me? Come on. Um, Prove it to me. (laughs) (laughs)
0: uh,
2: It's just interesting because, I mean, for me, like, obviously we've, we've read, beginning to end, and so I do have, like, I'm bringing that perspective to this, but um, Revelation 21 is, like, written almost to exactly mirror some of the stuff that we opened up in Genesis, Mm -hmm. and it it feels like we have done this whole year journey, and I love that you guys have committed to this journey, but we've done this whole year journey where, at the beginning, um, we had people dwelling with God in perfection, the way they were designed, uh, sin entered the world. And I like to do this in the class that I have with students. I'll be like, what part of the Bible is about right relationship with God? It's like one page. <laughs> it's like, what part of the Bible is about sin? It's like, well, is it the whole Bible or just chapter three of Genesis? <laughs> then it's like, what part of the Bible is about um, God seeking redemption and restoration? Oh, the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, I, I mean, we, we were, we opened with this picture of enjoying relationship with God, we're now getting the Mm -hmm. conclusion of that picture where we can enjoy relationship with God. You have this thing where it says, um, this is Revelation 21, 7, all who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and Mm -hmm. they will be my children. How often have we read stories where we're like, man, just let him be your God and enjoy being his children. (laughs) It's like, yeah, that's that's awesome. We have the fulfillment of that promise. Uh, We have a, a lot of talk about uh the the bride of christ the bride of the lamb that's the church like we're we're there we get this picture of um this crazy cubic city if you want to talk about that chris <laughs> but we get this crazy cube city that falls out of the sky uh no is that don't laugh it's in the bible I, why do you I'm why why, why why are you laughing that's at the bible right laughing. now oh minecraft is the worst <laughs> um all right so the cube city is coming out of the sky uh, well, here's what's interesting. The gates have the 12 tribes of Israel, like the name on each gate. There's 12 gates. There's 12 tribes on each or one of the tribes on each of the gates. But now we have the names of the apostles on each of the foundation stones, mm-hmm. which is very cool. Um, because the I think the 12 tribes of Israel have been like... A running narrative mm. like these 12 tribes are important mm-hmm. um, and this is the first time that we actually see recognized as part of the narrative how important these apostles mm-hmm. have been
0: foundation of the church
2: i would love to know which name is the 12th name but maybe that's that might di- be a different podcast that might be
1: that's uh that thing that the angel sealed up and nobody knows no it's it's just, uh, it's <laughs> just <laughs> hidden that part of revelation
0: <laughs> that was the thing where they're like john don't write this down <laughs> you're,
1: you like see the game you're like wait but so there's not a name on there <laughs> So there's all that kind of biblical symmetry, and then there's also this uh, apocalyptic style that this is written, that, yeah. that that 12 represents the church, it represents the people mm-hmm. of God, and just this this new Jerusalem is dripping with the number 12 in many ways, like mm-hmm. it's just a picture of the church, and the church dwelling with God. Um, you know, one if you want like a little bonus assignment, that would be really cool after today's episode, uh, since we've just read Rome, uh, Revelations twenty one and twenty two, go back and read Genesis one and two. Yeah. And there's so many yeah. parallels. Yeah. Uh it's just they, they fit together It's such perfect you're gonna see like, oh the tree the tree of life is here and uh different things like that. It's it's very intentionally showing that history is going back to where it was meant to be.
0: Yeah. And when we think about as we read through this whole story of god's whole story and we look at the covenants and we look at the building of the temple and then the building of the temple again and the prophets and exile and all these different things um and you get to this this culmination point where god's going to be with his people and he will call us his children um if there's no more of that there's no more trying or striving or like trying to get into god's presence he'll there's be no right temple. there there's no temple yeah says the he lamb is, is the he temple. is the temple yeah so all these things that we read through, all these like different ways that God was um, bringing his people towards him, this is this is it like our, we're there, we're already there. It's very cool.
1: It is interesting too that we've got like uh, several times in this book it said, "I'm coming soon." Uh, so soon obviously is a little bit of a relative term uh, because soon <laughs> now has been a couple thousand years, but there is that sense of hope, that sense of anticipation that we can have that, okay, this is where things are heading. Mm.
2: Um, do you want to talk at all about the, like, I mean, you alluded to it, but there's no temple in the New Jerusalem. Like, that that would actually be kind of shocking, I think, that God has this, like, perfect city that contains no temple.
1: Yeah, which, I mean, I think the entire city is the temple. Yeah. It's the entire, it is a place of worship. and And some of the purposes of the temple which was to atone for sin and st- that has been done away with well, there, you need it for you don't there need is no need to do sacrifices uh, because Jesus has already done that so there doesn't have to be a temple in the way that they would have understood it as an Old Testament the entire place uh, is housing the presence of God and the people of God are with their God hmm. uh, it's a beautiful thing
0: yeah um, and then the very last thing that we read about is Jesus coming soon Um And again, as you think about the people who would have been reading this uh, when it was written, just the promise of Jesus' coming, I think, would have been so encouraging to them. Again, they face so so much um, physical persecution. So many of their friends and family had died, and to know that their Savior was coming soon is a source of encouragement, and a source of encouragement for us, too. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Amen, come Lord Jesus is one of the last lines there, and... I mean, that should be our prayer all the time.
1: (laughs) Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Revelation chapter 19, starting verse 1. After this, I heard what sounded like a vast crowd in heaven shouting, Praise the Lord. Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. His judgments are true and just. He has punished the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality. He has avenged the murder of his servants. And again, their voices rang out, praise the Lord. The smoke from that city ascends forever and ever. Then the 24 elders and the four living beings fell down and worshiped God who was sitting on the throne. They cried out, amen, praise the Lord. And the throne from the throne came a voice that said, praise our God, all his servants, all who fear him from the least to the greatest. And I heard again what sounded like the shout of a vast crowd or the roar of of mighty ocean waves or the crash of loud thunder. Praise the Lord, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice. Let us give honor to him, for the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb, and his bride has prepared herself. She has been given the finest of pure white linen to wear, for the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. The angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words that come from God. Then I fell down at his feet to worship him. But he said, No, don't worship me. I am a servant of God, just like you and your brothers and sisters who testify about the faith in Jesus. Worship only God, for the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. Then I saw heaven opened and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True, for he judges fairly and and wages a righteous war. His eyes were a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. A name was written on him that, that no one understands except himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood, and his, and his title was the Word of God. The armies of heaven, dressed in the finest pure white linen, followed him on white horses. From his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will release the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty, like juice flowing from a wine press. On his robe at his thigh was written this title, King of all kings and Lord of all lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun shouting to the vultures flying high in the sky. Come, gather, for the great banquet God has prepared. Come and eat the flesh of kings, generals, and strong warriors, of horses and of their riders, of all humanity, both free and slaves, small and great. Then I saw the beast and the kings of the world and their armies gathered together to fight against the one sitting on the th- horse and his army. And the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who did mighty miracles on behalf of the beast. Miracles that deceived all who accepted the mark of the beast and who worshipped his statue. Both the beast and the false prophet were thrown alive into the lake of burning sulfur. Their entire army was killed by the sharp sword that came from the mouth of the one riding on the white horse. And the vultures all gorged themselves on the dead bodies. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven with a key to the bottomless pit and a heavy chain in his hand. He seized the dragon. That's... Old serpent, who is the devil, Satan, and bound him in chains for a thousand years. The angel threw him into the bottomless pit, which he then shut and locked so Satan could not deceive the nations any more until the thousand years were finished. Afterwards, he must be released for a little while. Then I saw the thrones, and the people sitting on them had been given the authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his statue, or accepted the mark on their foreheads or their hands. They all came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. This is the first resurrection. The rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. For them the second death holds no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. When a thousand years come to an end, Satan will be led out of his prison. He will go out to deceive the nations called Gog and Magog. In every corner of the earth, he will gather them together for battle. A mighty army as numerous as the sands along the seashore. And I saw them as they went up on the broad plain of the earth and surrounded God's people in the beloved city. But fire from heaven came down on the attacking armies and consumed them. Then the devil, who had deceived them, was thrown into the fiery lake of burning sulfur, joining the beast and false prophet. There they will be tormented day and night forever. And I saw a great white throne and one sitting on it. The earth and sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne, and the books were open, including the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done, as was recorded in the books. The sea gave up his dead, and death and the grave gave up their dead, and they were judged according to their deeds. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire.
0: Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, Write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Then one of the seven angels who held the seven bowls containing the seven last plagues came and said to me, Come with me, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. So he took me in the spirit to a great high mountain, and he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God and sparkled like a precious stone, like jasper, as clear as crystal. The city wall was broad and high, with twelve gates guarded by twelve angels, and the names of the twelve tribes of Israel were written on the gates. There were three gates on each side, east, north, south, and west. The wall of the city had twelve foundation stones, and on them were written the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. The angel who talked to me held his hand in a gold measuring stick to measure the city, its gates, and its wall. When he measured it, he found it was a square, as wide as it was long. In fact, its length and width and height were each 1,400 miles. Then he measured the walls and found them to be 216 feet thick, according to the human standard used by the angel. The wall was made of jasper, and the city was pure gold, as clear as glass. The wall of the city was built on a foundation stones inlaid with 12 precious stones. The first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysophase, the eleventh jacinth, the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were made of pearls, each gate from a single pearl, and the main street was pure gold as clear as glass. I saw no temple in the city, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city had no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminated the city, and the Lamb is its light. The nations will walk in its light, and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. Its gates will never be closed at the end of the day, because there is no night there, and all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Then the angel showed me a river, with the water of life clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street, on each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. No longer will there be a curse upon anything, for the throne of God and the Lamb will be there, and His servants will worship Him. And they will see His face, and His name will be written on their foreheads. And there will be no night there, no need for lamps or sun, for the Lord God will shine on them, and they will reign forever and ever. And the angel said to me, Everything you have heard and seen is trustworthy and true. The Lord God, who inspires his prophets, has sent his angel to tell his servants what will happen soon. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed are those who obey the words of the prophecy written in this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw all these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said, No, don't worship me. I am a servant of God just like you and your brothers, the prophets, as well as all who obey what is written in this book. Worship only God. Then he instructed me, Do not seal up the prophetic words in this book, for the time is near. Let the one who is doing harm continue to do harm. Let the one who is vile continue to be vile. Let the one who is righteous continue to live righteously. Let the one who is holy continue to be holy. Look, I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes. They will be permitted to enter through the gates of the city and eat the fruit from the tree of life. Outside the city are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idol worshipers, and all who love to live a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this message for the churches. I am both the source of David and the heir to his throne. I am the bright morning star. The Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let anyone who hears this say, Come. Let anyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who desires to drink freely from the water of life. And I solemnly declare to anyone who hears the words of prophecy written in this book, if anyone adds anything to what is written here, God will add to that person the plagues described in this book. And if anyone removes any of the words from this book of prophecy, God will remove that person's share in the tree of life in the holy city that are described in this book. He who is the faithful witness to all these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. May the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's holy people.